You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and uh, I got to get serious. Come on. I'm having way too much fun this morning. Hey, isn't that what church is supposed to be like? Have a lot of fun. You should leave in a better mood than when you came. And if you didn't, then something's wrong, right? Come on. Come on. Preach. Okay. Today's not my day to preach. You guys are getting off the hook today. So you wouldn't want me to preach today. I'm too goofy. So it's, I got to get more serious and stoic and, you know, all that stuff. So, but uh, I do want to uh, present our speaker today. Love this guy. He's got such a great heart. Uh, his, him and his family have been such a blessing to this church. Uh, we've been walking together now for a little over uh, two years and a half, almost three. And uh, the more I hang out with this guy, the more I love him and the more I respect him. And so, and I know you guys love him too. So let's give Jake Bullard a round of applause. Come on. Woo! What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Hey, there's nothing wrong with having fun, amen? I mean, if the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and and the... Y'all need to laugh, right? Part of joy is laughter. I've got my huckle section here today, so we're going to... We'll, we'll see what happens. Cool. Um, real quick, in case you guys are uh, unaware, we are doing prophetic booths this afternoon after service too. I know several of you guys have signed up. If you signed up, you will have priority. But if you didn't sign up and you want a prophetic word, please feel free to hang out after service. We're going to be doing them in the booths and we'll have um, uh, Melissa's going to kind of help uh, uh, facilitate that. But feel free to uh, hop in and get a prophetic word. It's, uh, I've had some amazing feedback from the AM sessions and stuff. And so looking forward to serving you guys with that. That's something we're going to be doing on a regular basis as well. Yeah, I don't know about y'all. I'm pretty excited about that. So we're going to have some, uh, some fun with that. So just want to let you guys know that. And then also uh, in the future when we do prophetic booths, bring your friends, bring your family. You know, things of that nature. We'll be doing some around uh, different little holidays and whatnot and stuff. So, um, and we'll get uh, details out for you guys. And uh, if you can sign up, that would always uh, be beneficial just so we make sure we have enough team members and all that. So, um, but let me ask you guys this real quick as we, uh, we dive in today. Um, who would like an upgrade in how you hear God speak to you? Oh, come on. Yeah, that's so good. How many of you guys know that God is never silent? Yeah. How many times do you know that it's maybe uh, we need to clean out our own ears, right? Sometimes it's like, God, I just asked you a question, and it's like, where are you, right? Um, well, one of the things that we're going to talk about today, and um, I thought was it uh, just, um, I guess, apropos would be the word for uh, doing prophetic boosts. We're going to talk about dreams, right? Go figure that I would talk about dreams. Right, um, the dream guy hashtag. I actually own that domain, the dream guy. It is for sale to the highest bidder. Just, <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not qualified, Stephen. <laughs> it's okay, buddy. <laughs> Anyhow, um, 
Let me, uh, let me do this real quick. In case you guys don't know, um, I, uh, a couple years ago, did a dream journal. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. You, know, you just put in the Dreams 222 Dream Journal, and you can find it. Did some, tra- uh, some quick training and stuff in here. But uh, what I did with this is I gave you a spot to write your dream down, but also write the interpretation of the dream down. Okay, so it's really unique in that. Um, Dub, my buddy, is like, man, I've never seen anybody make so much money off of, uh, you know, 100 blank pages. But, (laughs) (laughs) hey, I'm an entrepreneur, you know what I'm saying? So, um, let's see. All right, Lord, how do you want to do this? Um, mm. Uh, Somebody this week, um, I feel like there's somebody here this week that had a dream about a wedding. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> she lied. <laughs> I don't know. We may not. You started this, Chris. <laughs> this is your rodeo, bro. <laughs> so... Um, Man, dreams are amazing, right? Um, they're, they're a whole lot of fun to have. Um, but I want to talk to you a little bit deeper as to why. Like, why dreams? Anybody ever wondered that? Like, God, why dreams? Or maybe you dreamt, and then you were like, man, that was weird. <laughs> Anybody? Like, uh, how many of you all think you have bad pizza dreams? Right? What about... Uh, <laughs> Bad gas station sushi dreams. <laughs> no joke. One of the guys that I mentor, he lives in, in Alabama. David, you've you met him. He, he swears there's in Dora, Alabama, there is a gas station that has a little Japanese chef making sushi. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. I'm like, bro, you got more faith than me. Because <laughs> no, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Um, but uh, how many of you guys recognize that you do dream, at least occasionally, right? Uh, well, one of the things I want to, uh, you know, kind of lay some, some foundation a little bit before I kind of dive into uh, the bulk of, this is probably going to be more like a training versus uh, um, just me getting fired up. I'll probably get fired up. I may cry. You never know. <sighs> getting hackled again or heckled again. <laughs> oh. Anyhow, that's my middle son, Parker. He is absolutely awesome. But um, when you dream, how many of you guys want to know when, when like, I've dreamt, all right, God, are you speaking to me in a dream? How many of you guys want to know the answer to that, right? I'm going to give you the answer right now, okay? If a dream, if you have a dream and you can recite the dream and that dream flows in an order, then there is a message of God hidden in that dream no matter the dream, I don't care if you think it's bad gas station sushi, if it was, you know, the drinks you had the night before, the pizza. I don't care what it is. If it's a nightmare, it doesn't matter to me. If that dream flows in an order, then there is a message of God hidden in that dream. Do you know why? Because God is a God of order and his messages flow in an order. Chew on that for a second. God is a God of order, and his messages flow in an order. And so when you have a dream and you can recite it, it doesn't matter what the source of the dream is. There is a message of God hidden in that dream. Do you know why? Because he's a good, kind, loving, heavenly father who wants you to know his voice at another level. 
who has many plans, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to give you a hope, and to give you a future, right? So if you can remember your dream, then there is a high likelihood, I will say 100% chance, that God has hidden a, dream, hidden a message in that dream. Does that make sense, you guys? Y'all tracking so far? So why, why, is, why am I leading with this? Because I want you, I want you to step into a, uh, no matter what level of revelation you have about dreams, I want you to step to the next level. What my goal is for today is upgrade. Upgrade for you, for everyone in here, to be able to, to know God's voice more clearly. Is that fair? Y'all good with that? <clears throat> so why is this the case? Why do we need to know? Like we've, uh, was, I think in November when I spoke, I was talking a lot about prophetic words. And I wove in dreams a little bit and stuff. But there's a lot of reason why we have dreams, why we have prophetic words, because God is giving us direction, right? He's given us hope. He's given us future. He's given us identity, right? He's given you information. He's given you strategy, how to make it from one season to the next season. Y'all tracking, right? And so when God gives you something, it's super important for you to understand that so that you go from wherever you're at now to over here. But there is a distance between when you received it to when you arrive in the promise. That's for your prophetic words. That's for your dreams. Okay. Um, another reason why your, your dream life is so important is because they are another form of a prophetic word spoken right out of the mouth of Father. Jesus, when he was tempted in the, in the wilderness, we see in Matthew 4, where, where the devil, I can never say devil, it's always devil, you know, like the water boy, the devil, that dumb devil. Anyhow, <laughs> such a great movie. Anyhow, so Jesus is in, the, is in the desert, is in the wilderness, he's getting tempted, right? And then the, the dumb devil says, hey, man. You're the son of God, right? You hungry? You can make that rock a piece of bread, man. Eat up. Who cares? You don't have to do the fast, right? And what does Jesus answer him with? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that from the mouth of God. That word proceeds is an active verb. And if God's word never returns void, but it accomplishes what it's set forth, that means God is still speaking to this day. Does that make sense? Aren't you glad we're in a culture that receives the prophetic, that is welcoming the prophetic, that, that we can, you know, partner with heaven to release heaven and the thoughts and plans and all the things through worship, through prayer, through intercession, through dreams, through prophetic, through the scriptures, through amazing leadership with Chris and Terry, right? I mean, his message last week about being rooted, who was like challenged but challenged good, right? Part of the rooting that God does in him with us is us to know him better through our dreams, through our prophetic words. So check this out. How many of you guys, you know, we, um, with the prophetic booths or just prophetic in general, you guys like getting prophetic words? Who likes getting a prophetic word? Let me just see your hands real quick. All right, don't be rebellious. Every hand should go up, okay? We'll, we'll pray that spirit of rebellion off of you later. Just kidding. Just kidding. Check this out. Your dreams they are the purest form of a prophetic word that you'll ever receive, ever. Because it bypasses man's frontal lobe of consciousness, and God uses the limitlessness of your subconscious to speak into you the vastness of your destiny, the immenseness of your calling, of your identity. 
the, 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 the eternal promise that he has for you, right? So when you, when you pray for things and when you're like, God, I need a word, like I'm glad to give you a word. You know, Craig Sloan does amazing. I love, I know he's not here today, but he does amazing with just, man, dropping just fire, you know? I've got so many amazing people that, you know, I, I'll forget, I'll forget you if I start, uh, keep trying to name names and stuff, but when you have a question of God, how many of you want the answer, right? Why is all this important? Why am I laying this out? How many of you guys know that in life, you're going to have life, right? You're going to have challenges, right? You're going to have struggles. You're going to have pressure, right? Uh, Randall Worley, what was it, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, something like that, he led from um, the, the story of, 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 you know, Jesus in the boat, and he said, the disciples forgot that one phrase that he said before they got in the boat. Come on, let's go to the other side. Your prophetic words, your dreams, it's Holy Spirit saying, come on, let's go to the other side. Is this making sense, right? So why is this important? Um, one of the things I want to kind of pick up on um, story-wise is Acts 16, 9 through 10. This is the King James Version. This is Paul. It says, um, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. In that vision, a man from Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, Paul, saying, come over here to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding, check this out, concluding that the Lord had called us there to preach the gospel to them. How many of you guys know what happened in Macedonia? Right? Paul meets Timothy. He meets Lydia. He meets some amazing people. Paul also meets a guy named Silas. Where do they end up? In a prison. Dark. Shackled. Probably, you know, just musty moldy, mildewy, chained up in a Roman place, not tried, right, as a Roman citizen, unjustly accused in a prison. All that probably happened within months of him having that dream. But here's the thing. Paul knew that's where he needed to be. Why? He had a dream. He had a dream. Y'all know the rest of the story, right? They're sitting down there, Paul and Silas, and at midnight, without, a, without any sort of flashlights or cell phones or any, any stuff like that, you know? And they're sitting there praising God. They're singing hymns, and they're, they're quoting scripture, and they're just having a, they're probably getting drunk into Holy Ghost, right? Maybe off of some of the mold and mildew in the air, too. You never know, but hey, right? And then what happens? The doors open, the chains fall. Not once do we see recorded, did Paul or Silas or any of them, are we supposed to be here? Maybe we should just turn around and go back home. Let's go back to Rome. Let's go back to Jerusalem. Let's go back to wherever we came from, right? Part of your prophetic words, part of your dreams, God is answering questions for you, for you to stand in a time until he moves you. Does that make sense? I've had people before 
um, come up to me and, and ask for dream interpretation, and I will release the interpretation. And I, I'm not going to give you direction unless I'm like in relationship with you. But um, I've had people before, like, hey, I've had this dream, and I was I was under this tree, and I couldn't decide on which house to go into. There was a house on my left, and there was a house on my right. And immediately I said, well, are you are you in between two churches? And she goes, oh my God, yeah, I am. I'm like, the one on the right is the one that the Lord is, you know, I would consider, you know, going into. Right? Like, he's given you your answers. But when he gives you that answer, just because things don't go right, life happens, stuff like that, it doesn't mean that you tuck tail and leave. Paul didn't tuck tail and leave. He stayed there. And all, like, how much of Macedonia was impacted because of Paul? He didn't tuck tail and run. As far as I can tell, ain't none of y'all got chains on. Ain't none of y'all in a cellar. Ain't none of y'all like smelling mold and mildew and having whatever drip on you. Right? I mean, so when you get an answer, when you ask God a question, God, I need an answer. Like, where do you want me to go, here or here? And he gives you that answer. Let me give you just a little tip. Get there, stay there, stay planted, get rooted. Does that make sense, you guys? It's not meant for you just to pick up and run just because there's a little bit of adversity. You have the armor of God on. Use it. (laughs) Man, how do you fight your battles? Do you run from them or do you run to them? If you had a prophetic word that you're a warrior, you're a Joan of Arc, You're a, you're a King David. You have words like that. You know what? You're meant to fight. You're not meant to run. The only person that I know of that ran in the Bible, and I'm, you know, I could, I mean, there may be more, was Elijah. And he ran really fast to go deliver a message. He didn't run from anything. As a matter of fact, when he did kind of run from stuff, what did he do? He ended up in isolation. He ended up getting depressed, and he became vulnerable to the enemy. When you run from where God has called you, you end up putting your spa- your plate your, you end up putting yourself in a place of vulnerability where you're susceptible to to the mental games. But aren't you glad that God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind? And He reiterates that in you all the time. Does that make sense? You know, one of the things I love that, that uh, Paul said to Timothy, 1 Timothy 1, 18 and 19, I've used this a lot. I'll probably use this back in November, but this is, this is Paul talking to Timothy. He says, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you. So that, so that check this out, guys, by recalling them, by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. Holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to their faith. I mean, the reason why you get your words, the reason why you have these dreams, these directions, is so that you hold on to it by faith. How much fun is it to live in faith? How scary is it to live in faith? Come on, right? But how, how fulfilling is it when you take that step of faith 
completely scared out of your gourd, and then you land right in the palm of Jesus, right where he wants you to be. And the thing is to stay there with him in that. God will come to your rescue, and he'll show you these things in your dreams, right? Um, I have, I don't know that I've, maybe only a few times, it's been a very long time since I've shared this story, but um, I, I grew up in a, uh, in a, uh, a culture that didn't really honor Holy Spirit, believed that the gifts ceased, didn't think that God still spoke, like the canon of scripture is closed. You know, my question is which canon, but you know, because you have the Orthodox, you got more than, I mean, anyhow, as a side note. Um, but in this time frame, I, I had, uh, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, stuff that I was taught, and I believed at one point, ceased. I was taught cessationism. But then I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'm like, whoa, hold on a second. <laughs> it's like drinking out of a fire hose, and it was good. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody been there before? Like, it's like you, got, you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you start speaking in tongues, you're Shandai Handayan, but about a Kia, you know, you're doing all of that stuff, and you feel like you got born again, right? I remember... <laughs> I, was, I had a motorcycle. I was uh, 20 years old. I had a motorcycle. I'm riding around, and I'd just gotten filled. Okay, i just gotten received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and y'all remember uh, Bruce Almighty? <laughs> y'all know where I'm going with this? <laughs> y'all remember when he was walking around town, he's strutting, he's like, wow, wow, <laughs> and Fire hydrants going off, dog, like all that kind of crazy stuff. So I'm riding my motorcycle through Douglasville, and I'm like, I wonder if that's real. <laughs> I stop up. I got my clutch braking. I'm like, there's a fire hydrant. Ha! Okay, maybe I need more faith. <laughs> Anyhow, it was awesome, though, because it was like this whole new world opened up. And... uh uh, dreams started happening for me. Now, I didn't have anybody at that time to teach me dreams and, and things of that nature, but I knew God was kind of speaking to me. In this one case, I had started, I'd gone back to work for a company that I had left to go on a mission trip from. And um, this particular uh, job, we were doing new construction, apartments, townhomes. I was doing heating and air, air conditioning, stuff like that, setting the climate, go figure, the atmosphere. And um, we were working Cheshire Bridge Road, right by Lindbergh and all that stuff. If you ever drive up and down there, there's some not-so-righteous stores and establishments there. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, yeah, there was a lot of strip clubs, both heterosexual, homosexual, all that kind of stuff, and I was feeling the filth, okay? I mean, I was feeling like, ugh, you know? I take three showers when I get home kind of a thing, and I was getting really frustrated because I didn't like it, Right? And um, thank God for the upgrade about the kingdom and taking it everywhere you are, right? But in that time, I was 20, 21 years old, something like that, very passionate, trying to live in that pure vein and just, you know, I remember just driving down the road being like, just look at the license plate, because I didn't even want to look at the stuff. Y'all y'all tracking with me? And I kept praying, I'm like, God, you got to move me. I know I'm supposed to be working here, but man, can, can I go to a different spot, right? And uh, I have a dream one night. And in that dream, uh, Peachtree Creek ran right next to that complex that we were that we were working at. And I see this hand. Let me get my. It's like this, and it comes up out of the blackness of Peachtree Creek, and it just rises up. And I was standing 
I was standing in the palm of that hand and came up. And when I woke up, I knew I didn't have the interpretation gift at that time, or I wasn't aware of it, but I knew that God was raising me up out of that filth and out of that darkness. Check this out. That day, that day I get a call from my boss. Hey man, we got a new project starting. Need you over at it. Here's the address. All right, when you need me, uh, you can go this afternoon. That job site was two miles from my house. (laughs) In a place where I didn't feel icky, (laughs) right? But God answered my request. And he was showing me that. All of it metaphoric, but he was still showing me that. There was another thing that um, I kind of, I think I've shared this before, but that, you know, when you have um, like storm related dreams, anybody have like tornado dreams and things of that nature, right? First thing I want to tell you is don't get scared because when Holy Spirit moves many times, Holy Spirit is coming in like that mighty rushing wind. Oh man, what does a tornado or a cyclone have? Oh, a mighty rushing wind, Right? How many of y'all know sometimes when Holy Spirit moves, it ain't so pretty? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I had, um, I had a dream that, um, that it was me and, and Luke. He was in the dream. He was probably nine or ten, I forget which. And um, we were in our front yard at our old house, kind of sat up on a hill, overlooked our neighborhood, our subdivision. And as we, we stood there, we were with Parker's ba- head baseball coach, and we were under a white canopy tent, right? Like what you see at a ballpark or the racetrack or something like that. And it had two walls that were that white vinyl wall. And we're standing out there, and all of a sudden, you start seeing the debris fly, and you hear the... <laughs> you start hearing the... That was my best sound for wind, okay? Sorry. <laughs> hey, I got a snap. That's good. <laughs> And so, but we're standing there as me and Scott and, and Luke, and we're standing under this thing, and it's coming up from my, from my blind side, so from behind me, where those two walls were of the, of the vinyl tent. And it's, the wind's starting to move and stuff, and then, and then I, I tell Luke, all right, hold that post. Scott, you hold that post. I'll hold the middle down. And I was holding the middle down. The wind comes, and it's a, it's a tornado. It's like F3. I mean, it's destructive. And I'm like, whoa, and we're holding on to it. And... um. And then, you know, pretty, almost as soon as it happened, it ended, right? And then as everything's shaking, I'm seeing roofs just completely ripped off of house. I remember in the dream, there was one where the house itself, the box was still there, but it's like, it's like God took his hand and just went, uncapped the entire roofing structure. There was other houses that were completely gone. There was houses that were missing a bunch of shingles, trees down, limbs down, all that kind of stuff. And as I'm surveying, looking around, I'm like, oh my Lord. What happened to my house? And then in the natural, when I woke up, I got scared because he was the only one there. So I thought my family was gone. I thought something bad initially had happened to Rachel and the others and the other two boys. But when I, in the dream, when I turned around to look at my house, I was missing three shingles right above the front door and that was it. And I was like, whoa. And then in that dream, there was a very big, large, old oak tree. Like one of those, it's like, you know, eight feet around, one of those big ones, and it had fallen over. And you could see the core. Like, it didn't get uprooted. It had just fallen over because the center of it was rotted out. It was dark, like a dark black and a dark purple. And then there was another tree that the, the bark had been stripped off of the limbs and the leaves had been stripped off. 
And when I had that dream, I got a little nervous. I'm like, what in the world? So I went to my spiritual mama, Kathy, and I'm like, and I went like, like probably a week later. It, it scared me. I'm not going to lie. And um, I'm like, all right, Lord, what, you know, she, so I give it to her. And she's like, well, first off, she could t- sense my uh, anxiety about my family. She goes, well, first off, I want to let you know your family's completely fine. I'm like, how do you know that? And she goes, well, Luke was with you and your house stood. I'm like, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> right? And then I was like, what's going on? And she was like, yeah, the Holy Spirit's about to move in our community at our church at that time. And there's going to be some, some people who don't stick around. There's going to be some, some things that are moved. But Holy Spirit is removing the leaders who have become dead on the inside, who have succumbed to the religiosity, right? They have, um, they have that form of righteousness, but nothing else, right? Y'all, is that, y'all tracking with me? But the Lord is pruning those things away to rise up a new generation who goes out and receives the harvest from the, from the tree that, that never loses its leaves, does that make sense? Y'all tracking with me on this? And I'm like, but what about the tent? She goes, oh, that's easy. That was father. I'm like, what? Yeah, the shelter of the shadow of his wings. That's what the two sides were. Because it was a white tent. He's righteous. It's like, as you see what's going to happen, because there were some people that, you know, they didn't like what was going on or what have you, and, and they left. But the Lord told me through that dream, that was my place until I move you. That church. And we stayed there for 20 years. Worship and serving in different capacities and different stuff. We were never on staff, so don't, you know, we, but we volunteer and do different things on the prayer team, all that kind of stuff. But the Lord never moved me. And I knew that it might get a little windy. It might get a little scary. But I had a word from the Lord to stay. To stay. Because I was going to help hold things down and God was going to give me a different perspective and a different view to see him actually moving because he had a bigger plan than what any of us could understand. Are y'all tracking with me? And so we go through, we see some leaders leave and all this other stuff. Our pastor at the time, he had a, he had a dream where there was a tree that um, had been pruned, like the limbs had been pruned, but then it, it fell later. And those were people that were supposed to have left before that didn't. And I was like, oh, that's easy. I had this dream too. And it lined up with what he was saying. So it gave him peace to make it through those seasons. What I'm telling you is just when you have a prophetic word, when you have a dream and God places you in a position, in a spot, whether it's a job, whether it's a church, whether it's a a geographical location, a house, whatever the case may be, he's got you there on purpose for a purpose and don't move until he tells you otherwise. Are y'all tracking with me? Because he is good, he is faithful, and he's trying to teach you different things. He's trying to show you his goodness. <clears throat> um, there, was another, there was another time when um, I was doing some, some training, and um, I have this, um, this view, what I call the redemptive lens. All right, the redemptive lens. Um, one of my favorite types of dreams to interpret are nightmares. How many of y'all enjoy having Nightmares. Why ain't y'all raising your hands? Right? You should be, how many of y'all wear a nightmare as a, as a badge of honor? Everybody's hands should go up. Everybody's hands should go up on that. And I'm going to tell you why. Because you absolutely terrify the enemy. 
and his nightmare is a counterfeit of God's authentic voice to you to try to shut down that dream life because he's scared of who you are, of what you're called to do, where you're called to be. And he's like, no, I can't have them being that apostle. I can't have them being that prophet. I can't have them being that leader. I can't have them. So I'm going to come at their throat. They have a message, so I'm going to try to take it from them. They have the mind of Christ. I can't let them know they can think his thoughts. So I'm going to come at their mind. I'm going to come at their head. I'm going to beat them up. This may, you, if you've had a nightmare, it's because you've gained the attention of the enemy. And wear it with pride. Because you're hidden in Christ and he can't touch you. Because you reside in the shelter of the shadow of his wings. Does that make sense, you guys? I love interpreting nightmares. Oh, man. All right, Lord. Where are we going? What am I? All right, we're going there. Some of y'all have heard this before. Some of you haven't, so uh, it'll be a refresher for some and hopefully very eye-opening for the rest of you. We, in 2018 or 2019, I forget which, we, had, we were hosting a small group at our old church at our home. We were talking about Holy Spirit, super small group. There was only like, I think, six or eight of us there. And this, um, we had a married couple there and then a, um, a stepmother and her stepdaughter. Um, and I think that was it, and just our family. And the stepdaughter was visiting from out of state and um, she she was like, in, she was 17 at the time and she enjoyed being there and, and her dad was very much a uh, heavy metal guy. He had a beard like ZZ Top, right? He was a tattoo artist and he did like, you know, so she kind of grew up in that culture and stuff and, and kind of carried that look a little bit too. Um, and so when she was sitting there as we were talking, the entire time I'm looking at her, I'm like, all right, Lord, what do you got for her? I didn't hear nothing. I didn't hear nothing. I wanted to give her a prophetic word because I know God loves her. I know that he wants to encounter her. I know that he wants her to encounter him, right? But I don't have a prophetic word. And I'm like, all right, well, Lord, you're going to do something else. And so the night goes on, and that, cu- that married couple that was there, I interpreted um, a couple of dreams they had on the same night. And then I finished doing that. They have a really cool encounter with the Lord. And then my attention is drawn back to her. And the Holy Spirit shows up. How many of y'all know when Holy Spirit shows up, it's going to be really good? <laughs> Amen? And so um, Holy Spirit says, ask her if she's ever had a dream. I said, her name was Trinity. I said, hey, Trinity, do you have a dream you want me to interpret? She says, no, not really. I don't like to dream anymore. I knew why, and I got really excited. I got really excited. <laughs> but I asked her, I said, why not? She goes, well, the last dream I had was a nightmare. It scared me. I don't like to dream anymore. And then I pulled a Joseph. Right? When Joseph was in the, in the prison, the cupbearer and the bread baker both had dreams. He got a little irritated because they didn't come to him with his dreams. And they couldn't figure it out. And what did Joseph do? Is God not the one that gives interpretation of dreams? Tell me your dream. Right? He had no clue if it was a nightmare or whatever. It was a nightmare for one and a promise for the other. So I pulled a Joseph. I looked at Trinity. I said, well, tell me your dream. And she goes, <sighs> and she looked at me like, are you dumb? <laughs> right? Are you? She goes, okay. She said, this is her dream. She says, in the dream, I was in the basement of a two-bedroom house. It was pitch black. I was in one room. My grandfather was in another room. And there was demons and zombies chasing me, trying to catch me, 
to kill me and eat me. But every time they got close to me, I could get away and find shelter because I had on night vision goggles, but they wouldn't stop chasing me. I looked at her and I said, that's a really cool dream. She looked back at me like, you are dumb. <laughs> How many of y'all would like to have that dream? Being chased by demons and zombies trying to be eaten and killed, right? <sighs> I said, that's a really cool dream. And she looked at me like, oh, man. I said, here's what your dream means. Why? Because God is the one that gives the interpretation of all dreams. And if there is a counterfeit, then there is an authentic, Right? And the only way that the counterfeit can be made is if it mimics the authentic. And because the enemy has to mimic the authentic in order to have a counterfeit, when he sends you a nightmare, it has to flow in an order. And God showed me that through that flowing in an order, then there is a message that he has hidden in that dream, even in a nightmare. So I got really excited because I was about to throat chop the devil. I said, here's what your dream means. I said, the Lord has given you the ability to see in the dark. You can see into the unseen. And because of that, you terrify the enemy. And he doesn't want you to step into this gift of being a seer because he knows that when you do, not only will you be able to see his plans and his attacks before he ever makes them on you and find shelter in the shadow of the wings of the Lord, but you will also be able to lead others and teach them how to do the same thing. And she goes, And then Holy Spirit says, ask her how long she's been seeing spirits. I said, hey, Trinity, how long have you been seeing spirits? Oh, for a long time. I said, there is proof that what I tell you is true. And she has an encounter with the one that loves her the most. We start ministering to her for 15, 20 minutes. I kid you not, she snotted on seven tissues. All right? I have a real high value for tissue use and tears, Okay. I kid you not, Rachel can tell you. She went through seven tissues there. And we have, I mean, the, the atmosphere of love was so thick, you could have cut it with a butter knife. It was amazing. It was intense. It was thick. And it got better. You know why it got better? Because Jesus walked in the room. He said, ask her if she's ever had a... Dr- Jesus walks in behind me and he says, ask her if she's ever asked me into her heart. I said, hey, Trinity, have you ever asked Jesus into your heart to be the Lord of your life? She said, no, not really. I said, would you like to tonight so you can see all this stuff come true and so you can start stepping into that gifting and using it for the Lord and terrifying the devil? And through tears, she said yes to Jesus from a nightmare. Your dreams, I don't care what type of dream you have. There is a message hidden in there. There's identity. There's plans. There's purpose. There's all of this. It's time for us as a body to upgrade, to level up with how we hear the Lord. Because he has, he has so many plans for you. That the stars don't outnumber his plans and his thoughts for you. And how is he going to get it to you? He's going to get it to you in your dreams. That's one of the many ways. Don't write off your short dreams either. Because through the softest of whispers, God can leave the loudest of echoes. Joseph had two dreams told in two sentences that set him up to become the leader of the world. 
to save his family and the life of Jesus about 1,800 years before. Don't write them off. They are the purest form of a prophetic word that you'll ever receive. In the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit. Y'all know we've been continually in that, right? He's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters may prophesy. Your old men may dream dreams. And your young men have visions. The dreams aren't just meant for the old men. It's meant for everybody. Peter and, and Joel are just covering all bases. Y'all know what I'm saying? But your dreams matter. The interpretation of your dream matters. When you have a dream, look at it from heaven's perspective. Why? Because you were seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Look for the message that's in there. Is this making sense? Your dreams, the interpretation for your dreams should sound like a prophetic word. You know why? Your dreams are prophetic. If we're going to be, continue to be a prophetic culture... I'm happy to give prophetic words. Our team is happy to, be, to give prophetic words. Us as a body, we should be able to give prophetic words to one another. But when you have a need, why not go to the source? Right? If, you know, I've got this iPhone right here. Uh, thank God I have a uh, screen protector on it. <laughs> right? Uh, but it's, it, you know, if it, you know I, if it damages, should I take this to Samsung to get it fixed? What about Nokia. I got you. I know. We're going to take it to Blackberry. <laughs> no. Why would I not go? Why would I not take my iPhone to those places? Because they ain't the creator of it. So when we have answers, why don't we go, or when we have questions, why don't we go to the creator for that? In your dreams, some of the things that will happen is he'll give you, like you can have sozos in your dreams. Is that making sense? Like he wants, he loves you so much. He's constantly speaking to you and his word never returns void. You can literally revisit dreams you had 20 years ago and get revelation for today. You can literally have things happen in your life and get answers for it, for those things to move forward, to stay planted, to stay rooted where you're supposed to be at, to step into what he has called you to do. I did a training on that uh, redemptive view and, um, had an amazing time, and, and I did it on one night. This is the first night I ever had done it. And um, the next day, I get a DM from a lady in, in California, and she says, hey, you, uh, you redeemed a nightmare for me that I had a couple years ago. And it was really powerful. Sorry, I caught one of my withers on my tongue. <laughs> um, so it was very powerful. And he said, she said, in that dream, I had a demon, and a demon was choking me. And you redeemed it. You talk about my voice, my message, my authority, and it totally made sense. And she said, but there was another piece of the dream that I've never told anybody. Not only was that demon choking me, that demon was raping me too. And my heart broke hard. And then that big brother and that fatherly figure that I am, I got a little, I got a little mad. Because that dumb devil came after my sister. Y'all, are y'all tracking? I don't know if that makes your blood boil. It makes mine boil. Thank God I have a new covenant lens. She didn't have a, any sort of spirit on her like some people like to say. Because I, when I read that, I said, all right, Holy Spirit, what is it? 
This is what Holy Spirit told me very clearly, very loudly, that demon was trying to rob her of her innocence and her purity. And I immediately said, hey, here's what it was doing. Here's who you are. And I started speaking to that identity of being righteous, of being pure, of having a voice. And that's why that enemy was so terrified. And she literally, like, sent me a message back of just cry emoji, cry emoji, cry emoji, fire, 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 all this stuff. And she says, you have no idea. I was scared to take that to somebody because I thought I left a door open that I know I didn't leave open. But you are absolutely right because the Lord has been telling me about his power and his purity and why operating in purity is is necessity to operate in his power. And it's my message that has that. So like two weeks go by, and then we have one of those uh, opportunities for upgrade in our spiritual warfare kind of things, right? Is this heavy for you guys? Okay. Is this good? Are y'all tracking? Okay. You got to remember what kingdom you're in. You are in the kingdom of light. Everywhere you go, you carry light, right? You are the one that has the authority and the power. Why? Because Jesus has it. He gave it to you. He is in you and you are in him. Right? So if you are feeling adversity in anything, it's an opportunity to, to level up in your spiritual warfare to declare your authority and tell that dumb devil to get out of the way. Because he ain't supposed to be there. Right? So fast forward two weeks. We go to a baseball game. We have a really weird thing happen on uh, that su- uh, Sunday night. Um, actually, on Saturday, we're driving home from the ball game. Caleb ends up projectile vomiting on the way home, 10 minutes from the house. Rachel calls me, and she's like, hey, uh, we got to pull over. And so me and Luke get out, and we clean up the, the mess, and then 10 minutes to our house, 10 minutes to our house, he projectile vomits two more times, right? I'm like, what in the heck? So instantly, I'm like, all right, you know, bad food, I don't know, whatever, right? Well, um, we go through, uh, she stays home Saturday or Sunday, um, we go, to a, we go to that ball game. We do some, the ball game thing on Sunday, we have some weird stuff happen, just like out of left field kind of things. I'm like, what the junk is going on? That night, we, you know, we handle that stuff and move on or whatever. That night, my bedroom is, is butts up to Luke's bathroom. At 4, or no, at 2.30 in the morning, excuse me, uh, at 2.30 in the morning, Rachel starts tossing and turning. I can, like, she gets really hot, right? And she ends up into the bathroom just letting it all go into, a, into the toilet. And I'm like, oh, wow. Get up, go help her, clean her up. She makes it back to bed. And I'm like, all right, here's a, you know, did the whole washcloth thing, all that stuff. I lay back down around 3, 3.15. I call, toss and turn. Probably fall asleep around 3.30, 3.45. At 4.30, I hear Luke jump out of bed, run, sling his door open, because it's right next to my side of the bed through the wall, and I just hear the <laughs> at four o'clock in the morning. And I jump up, I go in there. He didn't make it, bless his heart, to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, buddy. You know, I got him cleaned up, wiped him up, all that stuff. And um, cleaned up, got the shot back out. It's five o'clock, 5.15, something like that. By the time I get him back in bed, and I'm kind of like cross-eyed, y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, you know? And I'm like, maybe I'll go downstairs and pray. Maybe I'll worship. Maybe I'll just try to go back to sleep. As I'm walking to grab my phone off the nightstand, because I wasn't going to go back into bed. And then out of nowhere, what do I hear? 
Caleb. And I hear, Mama. I can't repeat the words in front of you that I said to the devil. It wasn't nice. I said, you, know, you dumb devil. I said, I thought about praying. I thought about worshiping. But you just messed up, buttercup. I said, here we go. So I cleaned Caleb up. I went downstairs. I threw on some Bethel worship. I started praying. I started praying in the Holy Ghost. I started getting mad. I started getting filled with that righteous anger. Why? Because he was coming after my family? Oh, heck no. We go to, I go to war on that. I don't get much sleep that night. I talked to a friend of mine in California, and, and I'm, I'm like, hey, and I'm still cross-eyed because I didn't have any coffee yet. I'm like, here's what's going on. And she's like, are you getting ready to do something? I'm like, no, that's a funny thing, like, you know, ministry-wise or whatever. And I'm like, Lord, what is it? And he said, it's a retaliation attack. And I said, retaliation for what? He said, redemptive view. And I was like, oh, the upgrade, just so you guys know, is that the system of darkness is never on the offensive. It's always on the defensive. It's always in retreat. It's always in retreat. You are always offensive because where light is, darkness flees. Come on, right? You just step into the room. You may disrupt some things. You might feel some junk, but there's an opportunity for you to step into that kingdom authority that you already have. And so long story, very short. I start praying. I put together an intercessory team. I'm praying on my front porch, and I'm going to war. And I'm, I don't know about y'all, but man, when I was praying, I was, <laughs> your prayer language ever changed a little bit? You hear from that nice, just, like you sound like Stephen singing or something. And there's other times you sound like a drill sergeant, right? The beautiful cherub we have over here on the front row. There's other times where you sound like a drill sergeant. Well, you're giving your angels instructions on what to do. And in that moment, angels popped up, hundreds of angels all over the place. I'm praying. I start praying. I sound like, um, what, what is that, that um, New Zealand chant that they do where they're the, wow, you know? Whatever, what's that called? The haka, whatever. That's what it sounded like. I mean, and I was going, whoa. I'm like, it was crazy. I'm seeing literally the clearest I've ever seen in the spirit. And then the Lord shows me this angel on our front porch roof. And he's got a trumpet pressed to his lips. And he's, but I don't hear anything. There's this long purple banner coming off of the trumpet. I'm like, Lord, what angel is that? What's his name? He says, that is the angel Trump, uh, triumph. He blows the trumpet of triumph, releasing the sound of victory. Oh, come on, somebody. I got excited. About two hours later, I get a text from one of the guys on my intercessory team. He didn't know about this. And he said, dude, I see all these angels around your house. And he said, all of a sudden, they look up, and then they scatter and get out of the way. And this massive warrior angel comes flying into your room, into your house, from, the, from, your, from your roof down to your basement. And as he lands, he takes a sword out. He jams it into the ground with a shockwave, you know, moving from it. And he goes, this may sound weird, but I think that angel's name is Victory. <laughs> So I go through all of that, and then I'm, uh, you know, I'm processing all this stuff, and then I'm like, all right, maybe uh, here's, here was the thought. During all of this stuff, so this is a retaliation attack on redemptive view. Maybe you should slow down a little bit on that. Let this settle. 
get over it a little bit. Right? You know, the enemy is a cunning liar. That was coming from the outside. That wasn't coming from the inside. And I entertained it for about a nanosecond. Then I can't repeat what I said to him. But it was basically like, heck no. I'm going to tell everybody I can about this. And I went on a rampage that week telling everybody about that testimony from that young lady, about the things that we were going through. And then fast forward a year later, I was contemplating doing a training called Redeeming Nightmares. And I was, you know, I was like, all right, Lord, should I do it? When? when? A mental ping pong. Boom, 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 right? In that process, probably two or three months, I prayed a prayer. It's Job 33, 15, and 16. New American Standard Version. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when sound sleep falls upon men, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instructions. If you want to know what the, what the Lord wants you to do, pray that prayer. And then when you have your dream, write the dream down. Record it. Because that night, because in my mind, my flesh, my humanity, I was like, I don't want my kids to go through that again. You know what I'm saying? I was contemplating all that stuff. I'll be done in, in two minutes. So I have the following dream that night. I was the director and the producer of a documentary about how whales, killer whales, and dolphins have all been documented to help shipwreck victims at night survive shipwrecks in the ocean. In the dream, it's pitch black, it's the middle of the night, and I start off with like a drone footage, and I see this big blue whale, the largest animal. God's ever created. And I see this huge eye. This thing was massive. It was from frame to frame. And the eye was so big that I could have stood up in the eye and never touched one, you know, only touching one end. It was that big. And so I ended up going underwater. There's illumination under the water. There's a light source that I don't see the source, but it's illuminated. And as I'm there, I've got that little camera rig and stuff, and I'm breathing underwater without an apparatus. Pretty cool. Right? And I'm waiting, and this gnarly looking just ugly like gangly looking you know shark comes in and I'm like all right where's what's gonna happen and then out of nowhere this massive dolphin comes and then jams it right in the gills knocks it out of view the the shark circles back boom does it again the shark never comes back I surface to the top of the water Parker was with Rachel in the dream (laughs) there's a uh, a jet ski and then a yacht off in the distance. And I look up at the jet ski, and I'm like, hey, is it time for us to go back? Because he was going to take us from the shipwreck over. And uh, Rachel and Parker were sitting there treading water in the middle of the night. Parker rubs (laughs) Rachel's foot (laughs) underwater. And like any good lady would do, she freaked out in the dream (laughs) because something was rubbing her foot. I I don't even like stuff rubbing my leg underwater. And then I laugh, and I'm like, hey, Parker, that was funny. Horrible timing, but really funny. Let's not do that again. That was him, right? And as we're treading water, that happens. I turn around and look, and there's a a banded sea snake. It's black and white, kind of curled up. I look over at it, and I'm like, what you going to do? And I'm waiting for it to do something. It uncoils and swims off into the deep, right? When I woke up, I had immediate interpretation on all of that, that it was time for me to release redemptive for you. Because what do nightmares do? They shipwreck people at night with their dreams. 
and that God has given me the ability to bring the light into that situation, to introduce people into Jesus, Holy Spirit, and Father, and how they're always present to save their kids. Is this making sense, you guys? And then my family is going to be completely fine. I don't have to worry about them. That's what Parker and Rachel represented. And that even, even some of the venom, if you will, some of, the, um, um, some of the church who doesn't agree with some of our views prophetically, they ain't going to touch me. Because I am the apple of his eye. I was in, that was the big well. That was Father. Jesus is the dolphin. The, the, the killer well is Holy Spirit. And that my assignment for now was to release redeem, redeeming nightmares. So I woke up that day and I got pretty jacked up because I knew nothing was going to happen. And I scheduled the training. And then we did redeeming nightmares. And hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people have been set free from the plague of nightmares because they've understood that Jesus has a better plan, that, there is a redeem- that God is a redeeming God, including your nightmares. They start to understand that, that when the dream is in order, there's a message of God hidden in that. And God loves you so much that he, he already, you already live in victory, and a nightmare is just one way of stepping into the victory that Jesus has already given you. Had I not had that dream, I would have never released it. But God gave me a plan. When God gives you a dream and he gives you a plan, he puts you in a place, I want to encourage you, stay in that place. When you ask, when you go to sleep tonight and you pray Job 33, 15, and 16, and you have that dream, write the dream down. Seek interpretation. Don't be scared of your dreams. There's nothing scary about your dreams because God is a God of victory. And your dreams bring victory. I would love to see this church dreaming on a regular basis. Getting strategies for your businesses, for your jobs, for your schools, for your family. And then moving on that. And then when God places you somewhere, stay there until he moves you. Does that make sense? Who wants an upgrade in your dream life? Do me a favor, stand to your feet. God is so good, and he's such a loving father that he's always speaking to you. 24-7, 365, that's why your circadian rhythm is what it is. Why don't you just, guys, position your hands out in front of you real quick. Father, we thank you for the gift of dreams. That no matter where we are in life, that you are always present, that we are hidden in you, that you're hidden in us, that we are seated in heavenly places with you, Christ Jesus, and that we have your mind, Lord. Father, thank you for the gift of dreams. Holy Spirit, thank you for opening our ears at night and whispering our instructions. Holy Spirit, thank you for the interpretation of dreams. Father, thank you that you answer our prayers in our dreams. God, thank you that this is a body that dreams. 
that dreams with you while we're awake, that dreams with you while we're asleep, and that you're sealing things into our spirit even when we don't remember them. God, thank you for the joy of children. (laughs) Thank you for the joy of dreaming right now. If you guys want to receive this upgrade, I want to invite you. Be a little bold here. I'm going to lead you guys in a prayer. I don't want you to whisper it. I want you to declare it. I want you to be bold. If you want to upgrade, if you want to hear the plans that the Lord has for you, if you want to see through his redemptive lens, I want you to repeat after me this prayer. Say, Father, thank you for dreams. Holy Spirit, thank you for opening my ears at night and sealing my instructions. Jesus, Thank you for visiting me in the night. Thank you that I am hidden in you. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to speak to me tonight. Lord, open my ears and seal my instructions in Jesus' name. Now, Holy Spirit, give us the gift of, 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 of recall as we wake up. Lord, open our ears. Speak to us. Pour into us more and more. More and more. Night, day, and night. Night and day. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. If you guys need some prayer, we're going to have the prayer team down here. If you guys can come up. Um, man, just thank you for being here. I know it's a little different this morning, but thank you for being here. Remember, we do have prophetic booths. If you're signed up, they'll be getting started here in about five or 10 minutes. Um, But thank you guys so much for being here. We'll see y'all next week. For more resources and information about Resurgent ATL, please visit our website.